I was glad to be sitting down. Well, for those of you who uh, might not know me, I'm Bill Sullivan, and I had the great privilege and joy of serving as the first lead pastor of New Life uh, during the first eight years of the congregation's ministry. And as my wife and I were driving over this morning, I was thinking about uh, the congregation and kind of working through my sermon in my head one more time, and I was just wondering how it was going to be when I got here. And, um, you know, New Life is going through kind of a time of, of transition, time of, of change, and uh, there's two things that can happen when groups of people go through these kinds of transitions. And one of them is that uh, they can either tend to uh, kind of throw up their hands and go, oh no, what's going to happen, and kind of worry and kind of fall apart. Or they can uh, actually step up and lean in to what God is calling them to do and actually get better in times of transition. And when I walked in the door and I, I greeted Pastor Eric and I asked him how things were going and I was kind of asking him, uh, you know, what I was going to be doing this morning because I didn't know exactly everything that, uh, uh, that he wanted me to do. And he, he gave me the order of service and he had, there were two lines uh, one, and just the sermon. And I thought, wow, you know. Here's what's happening here at New Life during this time of transition. And I really sincerely mean this. The congregation is getting better. It's getting stronger. And that, brothers and sisters, is a good thing. That is something, is an opportunity that God has given to you, to each of us, during this time, is to actually get better, get stronger. And uh, so that when a new lead pastor steps into uh, the role of lead pastor in the congregation, they will step into a congregation that has not missed a beat and that indeed has gotten stronger through this time of transition. And I just want to, uh, to, to tell you how, how uh, warm and full that makes my heart. And if you would just uh, pray with me as we begin this morning. Father, I thank you for uh, this great congregation and I thank you for uh, them leaning into this time of change and transition in such a way as that they will get stronger and get better. I thank you for the staff that is working so hard and for all of those who have stepped up to, uh, to just uh, not miss a beat as uh, the congregation moves through this time. And now, Lord, may the words of my heart, of my mouth, and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God. Amen. Well, during the last three and a half years since I retired. I no longer have the title of uh, lead pastor of New Life Lutheran Church, but I want you to know that I have some new titles and I would like to share them with you this morning. The first, and this is quite impressive, I think, is that I am now the official estate manager of the Sullivan Samuelson Estate on Blackstone Golf Course in Marengo, Illinois. I think that's amazing, don't you? I get to mow the yard. I get to shovel the snow. I get to tend to all the little things that Eric and Sarah, my daughter and son-in-law, can't do while they're off teaching school. And so I get to kind of just fill in wherever I can and, and see to it that uh, the Sullivan Samuelson estate continues to do well and uh, to, to flourish. And the second title, and this one I actually consider to be far more important, and it's not really a title, but during the last uh, three and a half years, especially the last couple of years, I have gotten to be 
from uh, 7 o'clock on Monday morning uh, through Friday till 5 o'clock in the afternoon, the molder and shaper of the life of my grandson, William. William Lawrence Joseph Samuelson. And I want to tell you that that is such a tremendous honor and responsibility for me as I get to mold and shape, help mold and shape his, his parents and the rest of his family are all doing part of that as well, but this young life. And I've discovered a couple of things about my grandson, William, in the last couple of years. And here's one of them. And I know that you can help me uh, complete this phrase as I say it. And as soon as you catch on to what I'm saying, I want you to say it with me. All right? I have discovered that William has a mind of his own. I see lots of parents and grandparents shaking their heads as if to say, oh baby, you are right. William has a mind of his own. He's five. And so he reminds me on a daily basis, Papa, I think I'm smarter than you. And I say, yes, William, I'm sure you are. He says, Papa, I think I'm faster than you. I said, oh, baby, I know that you are. One thing that I don't have to agree with him just for fun out of. Papa, um, I'm a way better golfer than you. I said, yes. I said, Papa, you know that every time I hit a ball now, it goes in the hole the first time. I said, really? He said, I'm a better golfer than my dad. I said, William, that's amazing. He's got, a mind of his, he, he, he's got a mind of his own. He knows how things ought to be in his world. He knows what he thinks about himself. And there are times when I just laugh and smile and play along. And then there are other times when I gently try to remind him that perhaps the idea that he has in his mind about who he is and about what his world looks like might not be quite right. And he's starting to get kind of a feel for that. The other day he was out golfing with his father. We, 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 we live on a golf course, not so much because I'm a golfer, I'm not, but my, my son-in-law is, but we just needed a lot that was big enough in a place where we could build a house like the house that we wanted to build. Anyway, he was out with his dad, and his dad sent two pictures of, of them golfing together. And the first picture was of William getting ready to hit the ball. And he actually hit his first 80-yard ball the other day. And I thought, oh, Tiger. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure. And then the next picture that he sent was of William laying on his back with his legs in the air, kicking his feet, I couldn't see the feet kicking in the picture, and pounding his hands on the grass because his putt didn't go in before his father's. And he was irritated that he wasn't better. He was finding out that he actually wasn't better than his dad, and he didn't like it one little bit. Well, here's the truth. As I observe William, as I am 
working with him every day. There are days and there are moments when I smile and I see the Spirit of God that claimed him in his baptism at work in his life. As he shares his love for me and for his Emma and for his mom and his dad and for those around him, and I see the new Adam, Jesus, at work in his life. And then there are other times when I look at him and I see the old Adam, the broken human being. Just like all of us, we are born thinking that our way, our mind, the way we think, how we've got it figured out, is what's right. And that everybody else should fall in line behind us. And so I, I can overcome with this immense sense of responsibility in sharing with him the process of how God wants to change us from a person who has our own mind to a person who has the mind of Christ. Now, it's not just William in whom I see the old Adam. I see him frequently in me. I'm 69, and I was baptized into Christ as a child, and I have had people throughout my life working with me to to mold me and shape me and hopefully see me transformed into having the mind of Christ in my life. And it is a process. And I'm grateful for, for the ways in which my mind has been transformed into the mind of Christ. But I, but I also want you to know that I, I have a, a tremendous sense of responsibility because I know that things can go differently if we don't address that mind that's in all of us from the time that we're young. I was born in August of 1952. Two months later, a person who shares my age was born into this world as well in October of 1952. Anybody want to venture a guess as to who that might be? Vladimir Putin. He was baptized into the Russian Orthodox Church. I've seen pictures of him and his wife making the sign of the cross as their children were baptized. But I do not believe for a moment that Vladimir Putin has the mind of Christ. He has the mind of, of somebody who is twisted and who is willing to inflict obscene pain and horrible things on, to innocent people. And there was obviously nobody there in his life to help him when he was baptized into Christ to come to have the mind of Christ. 
Which brings us, and I want to go back for just a second to our lesson for this morning from Philippians, the second chapter. And just read again a couple of verses for us because they are so appropriate to, to us this morning as we think of our Lord Jesus. And think about this for a moment. Here he was, the God of creation, the God of the universe, the eternal God became flesh and dwelt among us. The eternal God became flesh and dwelt among us and lived among us and loved us and served us and taught us and, and cared for us in such a way as to, to show us how life can be lived. And then put aside his divinity. The God of the universe humbled himself and became obedient to death. Pastor Phil, this morning, when he read the gospel, and as we were praying before the service, said, up until that point, the greatest evil ever visited upon the world was when those who knew him killed God. God didn't stay dead. God rose again. But this is who has modeled for us what it means to empty themselves and to become obedient to the point of death in the service of humanity as he completed the work of redemption as he died on the cross. And here is our, our lesson from this morning. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death, on a cross. And then the lesson goes on to talk about how God has exalted him, and that now he has the name above every name, and that one day, even those who are intent on having their own mind's way done in the world, will bend their knee and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Some of us will bend the knee at his return gladly in worship and praise and thanksgiving, and he will welcome us into his kingdom forever. And those who bend the knee because... Jesus is Lord, and they have no other choice. will be sent to an eternal existence apart from him. Brothers and sisters, that's what's in the balance for all of us. As we consider our own lives, that day by day, we let the Lord of the universe 
the God who emptied himself and put aside any claim that he had, and he had every reason to be able to claim whatever he wanted, to empty himself and to, to become obedient to the point of death as a servant calls us to give our lives on a daily basis in service to humanity, in service to those around us so that they might come to, to know the one who loves us and has redeemed us and forgives us when we fall and who restores us. Because we are all that stands between William becoming like Jesus, honestly. And it's not saying too much to say this. We are all that stands between him becoming like Jesus or him becoming like Vladimir Putin to various degrees. We are those called by God to live our lives in obedience and in uh, service of our fellow human beings, loving them with the love of Jesus so that there will be millions who will gladly bend the knee when Christ returns. I'd like to just close by moving back to the beginning of our lesson from Philippians this morning to the first verses of the second chapter. And honestly, they are, what they are is an opportunity for you to hear them and to listen to them as though God the Father himself because he really is speaking directly to you. So I ask you just to sit to where you're sitting, to just close your eyes and to listen, and, and listen to these words as though God the Father is speaking directly to you this morning, and to me, and to each of us. If then, there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, Regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. May it be so in each of our lives. Amen.